in our opinion, there is going to be a paradigm shift in many ways at majority of the clients where they see that this is working and this is a great option. There's another kind of black swan event out there. It is a net positive for society and remote working globally. You've earned it. You do great work. We trust you. You can work from home. You need to be flexible because you need to be ready to capitalize on it. Technology infrastructure is paramount for success in a distributed team. You're reachable and you're doing your work. That's all that you need to do. Welcome to a special edition of the Talent Economy Podcast, Top Tal's Rise of Remote series. I'm your host, Paul Estes. We're in a time of unprecedented change on a global scale. In many ways, it feels like we blinked and suddenly the future of work is now. The remote work trend has accelerated 10 years in just the past few weeks. Over the next few episodes, I'm going to interview key leaders at TopTal to get a behind-the-scenes look at how the world's largest fully distributed organization can help guide companies through these challenging times. Today, I'm joined by Sachwin Bagwatan, Interim Vice President of Enterprise Sales at TopTal. He's responsible for building and managing TopTal's enterprise business. Sachin here. I am currently... Interim VP of Enterprise for TopTal, which means I run all the TopTal enterprise-focused work globally. It's uh, servicing all the clients that are you know, part of Fortune 500 Global 2000s in nature. One of the things I want to ask, have you always worked remotely? No, actually. So I joined TopTal end of 2017. Before that, in my 13 years of work experience, I have never done remote. I have always walked into an office every single day of those 13 years. So tell me about the first week or the first six months of working for a fully distributed company that didn't even have an office. A little bit of fun stories. The way like I got introduced to TopTal was through a friend of mine who happened to be uh, an entrepreneur. And he was he had this idea of like building an app for a product idea that he was trying to build. And uh, we kept in touch. Like I was trying to help him as part of my previous company to build that app, but like we were too expensive. So I meet him after three months and over a beer, I ask him, hey, how's your product idea going on? And he told me that, hey, you know what? I actually work with this company called TopTal, wherein I got the work done within a quarter of the time that you you were proposing with, with less than 10th of the cost. <laughs> and I was very intrigued. I was like, how's that even possible? So tell me more about it. And then that's when he introduced me to TopTal. He said he was working with two developers globally. And, uh, you know, it was a quality product done very fast. I was intrigued by that. That's when I started researching TopTal, connected with some people. But, you know, going back to your question, I was always intrigued that how could this work? Because I have always been part of client services where we we were spinning teams on site or like, you know, onshore, offshore, like, you know, big offices. So I was very intrigued the fact that how this model would work like. So when I joined TopTal, the first couple of months, I was still living in that sense of disbelief, so to speak, that, you know, is it really working? Is this really happening to me? I'm, a, I'm remote, like I don't actually meet anyone, you know, face to face for unless it's, it's a client. It was very interesting. And it, it took me some time to understand like the, the fact that, yes, this can work and actually can work seamlessly and much productively than I imagined before. What were your top challenges in that first six months? I will kind of break those into two aspects, right? One is internal, like, uh, you know, employee slash team collaboration standpoint. It was hard for me to get 
used to the fact that I am physically not located in the same place. So getting adjusted to the entire collaboration mechanisms, like, you know, discussing things, uh, working with other folks on a Zoom call like this, the one that we are doing, was something that I was, uh, that was very challenging to me, actually. The second challenge that I faced was more more related to understanding the overall ecosystem and how uh, the ecosystem was, uh, you know, running at a scale, like, you know, not just my team, but overall top tile, like, you know, how does this work? What are the different pieces? So getting familiarized with that was a little challenging, but obviously TopTal, we do a great job in, uh, you know, in making sure people are onboarded well, they are introduced to various uh, segments. From a client standpoint, the challenges are obviously to convince the fact that this is the model where like you would be working with a high quality talent that may or may not be in the location that you are, right? So that that was a challenge in the sense that uh, educating the client of the value and, and and you know what they are getting for the service that they are uh, looking top tier to fulfill. So those I would say those are the three challenges that I have come to work over in the first few months. When you moved to remote, what is the one thing that surprised you the most? The thing that hey, you know I, this is going to be different. I know I'm going to have to learn and change the way, but what's the one thing that surprised you the most? when you became fully remote in working for a distributed organization? Collaboration. I mean, I was under the impression that there is no way I could seamlessly collaborate with anyone. Like, uh, you know, talking to my manager or my team members, I could never wrap my arms around like how, how that is going to be feasible effectively. And that was a big eye-opener for me, which is I was very surprised positively that it is possible uh, and it is actually effective, uh, you know, in the way like I didn't even imagine, which is like I was able to collaborate exactly like uh, the way I was doing, you know, you know, when I was working with people in a, in a physical proximate location. Isolation is a challenge for people. I mean, it's one of the things that I experienced when I made the move to working remotely and I had to be a lot more proactive just to connect with people. Last night, all of our neighbors had a Zoom happy hour. <laughs> it was actually very fun. But what are some of the things that you and your team do to combat that idea that you you are cut off from a lot of social interaction? It's funny you say that. Uh, I probably celebrated my first and only birthday on a Zoom <laughs> this Monday with all my friends joining a Zoom call and my family with me. So it, it was funny, like you say that. I, I don't. I don't think it'll happen ever again. But yeah, that was uh, that's once in a lifetime opportunity. I hope. Luckily for us, like from from a top tier enterprise business function, like you know, a lot of our job is also client facing. So technically, we are not that isolated. You know, because we are obviously meeting clients locally uh, on a periodic fashion. So so there's not much isolation, so to speak. It actually works much better because you can actually plan that. Typically, the way I plan is like two days client meetings and the next three days are are basically get the work done. So it's it's perfect. Whatever I need, like the team interactions or human interactions are done the first two days and the next three days is actually just get the work done. And even within the teams, as I mentioned, like we, we encourage collaboration uh, gatherings within a specific region on a periodic basis. That way we don't feel we are too disconnected with, any, with each other. What are you hearing from enterprise clients over the past, say, four weeks? Because we're in a very unique period of time where everyone is now forced in many ways, at least in the knowledge worker space, to be remote. 
the fact, I mean, we we are not looking at this as a as an opportunity, right? It's more the fact that, you know, what we have been talking about or like even telling the world that this is how uh, you, where you can see the difference and ultimately like now everyone is watching and going through that as as this unfolds in the last few weeks so i think you mentioned it right which is like the first and the most important thing that we educate the clients uh, or we are hearing from the clients is like uh, please tell us like you know how this works like you know especially we obviously we have clients who are already doing that so they are they are very comfortable with the fact that now they can continue doing what they are doing, even if at a larger scale if required, because the ecosystem already exists or the logistics exist with TopTal already. For newer clients, for clients that haven't like worked with us in this uh, fashion, what we are hearing is very similar, which is like you know how do we how do we trust like you know how do we ensure our requirements for compliance and all those things uh, how do they work so. Our job is in the last few weeks have been educating the clients about this is how we have done. This is these are the best practices that we bring to the table. Probably have them connect with some other clients that are working with us through this uh, in this fashion for the last few years. So that's what we are we are doing. But uh, having said that, I think the most important fact is like ability to trust and uh, understand that the quality and the output is always there, and the organizations need to embrace that within the challenges that they have. Let's talk a little bit about trust. You know, when you were on location, you could walk up and down the aisles and, and talk to people and, and see work being done. When you first joined the TopTal team and, and had a virtual team, how did you handle that trust? As I come from a consulting background, everything that we that we look in the perspective of people, process, and technology, right? So from a technology standpoint, yeah, we have this awesome collaborative collaboration tools like Slack, Zoom which lets us connect with whoever we want to in a real-time fashion. So that's the first thing. And from a process standpoint, I think we have very clearly defined goals and clearly defined expectations of like, hey, in this particular role, this particular team, this particular function, here is what we are expecting. And obviously, there's a dialogue between like before the expectations are set. But everyone walking into has a very good idea of like, you know, what the goals are like over a period of time. And from a people standpoint, what we do is therefore like, you know, leadership and the chain across the board takes that like specific goal and break them down into specific actionable goals for individuals at a people level. And then obviously underlying team is we leverage the technology to communicate, uh, you know, set, evaluate and, uh, you know, contribute and collaborate using those tools uh, tools on an ongoing fashion. So a lot of people may be moving more to asynchronous tools like Slack or Microsoft Teams, and that's one of the ways that you communicate. What is some advice that you would give to people who are just jumping in to yet another way as they try to adopt a more agile communication environment? In my personal benefit, having made the transition myself from a physically proximate world and email-based collaboration to a real-time one, it gets some use, some time to get used to it. You, you got to be patient because it's suddenly like whatever you are uh, expected to reply or act upon can be expected out of you immediately. So the first thing is obviously getting getting yourself familiarized with the tooling itself. And I think what I have, the other piece of advice is it's actually for the better, whereas the productivity is a lot more in the sense that like, you know, 
you can you can collaborate on a real time fashion and thereby there is no concept of hey you know we need, i need to like respond to the email uh, there is no there is a fact that like you can really time box yourself and say you know if i'm active throughout the day i I'm, i'm able to collaborate and respond to like the various mechanism or com- communications that is going on you can really get a lot done within that particular time frame rather than having to sift through thousands of emails otherwise you would get at the end of the day and that's just one example of like what i mean by that what sets top tiles enterprise business apart from other service based businesses obviously like our our entire mantra is that we we provide enterprises access to high quality talent in a very flexible and on demand fashion so think of it this way like you know we we make it very easy for organizations to access a high really highly capable vetted talent that is readily available to you in however format they want they need someone full time they need an expert for a few hours or they need teams for a year and all of that we we do it within uh, within a matter of time which is typically between 24 to 48 hours so what sets us completely different is the fact that we are providing you access to that great source of talent and without any delays or without any conditions that they ha- they have to be of a certain scale or longevity or duration what have you so the fact that like we are able to do that uh, do that exactly the way like our clients deem fit is what makes us very special one of the conversations i had over the past week was with the head of operations it was amazing to me how much work and care went into vetting the talent so that when a company comes you can like you said within 24 48 hours provide the exact expert to help them solve their problem without them having to go through resumes and putting the burden on the client to identify the talent and that's a very different model than traditional staffing firms how are enterprises thinking about that value proposition when you come to them it's actually very simple right like especially for newer clients who who haven't worked with us yet the premise is exactly the way you said which is you know you think it's too good to be true so why don't you try us out with you know providing us like whatever requirements you have and the moment like they say okay we need just for an example you say we are looking for a data engineer the fact that we are able to hand pick one or two of the best recommendations that we have and share with the client within a day typically within a day again the chances are highly likely that they will pick the first person that they interview and they are able to complete this entire process within a day or two and their talent is obviously ready to start whenever they are so it's kind of you know the fact that we are able to show them in a real world example how easy it is for enterprises to access the talent you know with minimal overhead from their standpoint as compared to as you mentioned staffing companies or even consulting companies where if they really want to hire a specific talent or stand up a project they have to solicit like profiles or proposals which can take a week uh, you know where they will get 15 to 20 profiles they have to sift through and then they have to spend like significant amount of time on interviewing those 10 to 15 and probably have to pick because of the time that they have spent they end up picking up someone they may or may may or may not be fully comfortable with so we are able to cut that entire overhead which is the ability for them to go through this massive process which could take anywhere between 2 to 4 weeks for a client to just for a day or two with the total as a preferred like talent provider 
Over the past couple of weeks, have you seen organizations start to question that approach? Meaning, hey, you know, maybe we can start doing some of our, well, we are doing our work remote and that's making us think about how we could do work in the future. Are people really just struggling to keep their machines up and running today? Unfortunately, the situation is such a way that they no longer cannot demand on-site. But having said that, the work has to be done. So a lot of our clients are obviously open to a remote. And uh, in our opinion, there is going to be a paradigm shift in many ways at majority of the clients where they see that this is working and this is a great option where you could actually spin up like, you know, teams with virtual access to global talent right now, like you are, if you are open to remote, then you are not necessarily, uh, you know, confined to a specific geographical location. And now you can actually open up yourself thereby, like, you know, they have access to much wider pool of talent. And also like they could also work on the economics wherever, like, you know, however, however they would like to. But I think we, we see this is a beginning of like a paradigm shift where in the next three few months, I would say like three to six months, organizations obviously are figuring out how to get the work done in a remote fashion, but they will also be a much more open-minded moving forward, say that, hey, this is a potential viable option for us to access a workforce remotely. One of the things that people are struggling with is how to manage work-life balance when there used to be a way that was more physical. I'd get in my car, I'd go to work and I'd come home and maybe I did some work at night, but the boundaries were easily understood. When you work at home, it's up to you. How do you manage that with your team? Having done this like for the last two and a half, three years, uh, I think we operate it like very similar, similarly. Like, I mean, my recommendation is to operate it very similarly like you do for while you are at office, which is we typically have a designated like, you know, workspace, like, you know, you're very uh, open in communicating, like when you are going to be on a break and what are your working hours, blocking out time for specific tasks. I think the effective, both the communicating internally as well as outward saying that here is my work schedule, like here is where like, you know, the work stops, uh, even creating physical boundaries on where you actually do the work from is the effective and efficient way of like working from home. Uh, And having done this, it's actually very advantageous with the fact that like you could start early, you could take a break in the middle of the day to run any errands and then like you come back and then you finish your work. Now you can have a lot more flexibility around that. So that's the way we recommend. And that's the way we also encourage my team members or our teams that are working remotely day in day out, which is you can be flexible. You are owner for your own uh, schedule. Let us know when you are available, when you are not available. We have goals on what needs to be done and everything is pretty much up to the team members to operate like, you know, with full transparency and communication. How do you build that sense of camaraderie that's necessary for a high performing sales team when everybody is remote and around the world? Generally speaking, right, with, for this situation scenario arises, we obviously spend inordinate amount of time on a weekly weekly basis to talk as a team, share our wins, challenges, collaborate on that on an ongoing basis, which is very important as a team to gather and collaborate. We also institute the fact that when we are working as part of this remote like teams, both as sales and client partners, we create opportunities where we could collaborate once in a while uh, in a physical location uh, where we congregate, we discuss like, you know, strategy, 
we discuss performance or we just have a little more, a little bit of fun, team building exercises, etc. Those are typically done at some central locations where majority of the uh, teams nearby are located. And uh, we also work towards uh, ensuring we as a team, as set of individuals are also much more closely uh, you know, aligned and collaborate even on a regular quarterly basis or bi-yearly basis, like face-to-face as a part of a bigger group. So with three avenues, I would say tactical collaboration through tools available as frequent possible, uh, face-to-face interactions and celebrations with the longer-term strategic, like, you know, off-sites is how we kind of keep the culture innovative and uh, very energetic and aligned to the mission that we have. If I looked out 18 months, what do you think has fundamentally changed in the way Fortune 500 companies work? What is the new normal? I think over 80% of Fortune 500s in the next 18 months will consider a remote workforce as a plausible option one whenever they want to engage a talent or you know, providers. I think that is going to that that is definitely going to happen. There will be programs, there will be ecosystem, there will be infrastructure that will support this paradigm. And I think the Fortune 500s for sure would want to be equipped and uh, be ready for any unforeseen situations like uh, that could arise, which are similar to what we are going through right now. And therefore, their ability to you know really react and adapt will be something that they'll be working very, very hard on in the next uh, couple of years, for sure. Sachin, thank you so much for your time. If there's another sales executive or leader out there that wants to learn more about the way your team is working and get insights from you, what's the best way to reach out? The best way to reach out will be Sachin at TopTal.com. Thank you so much. Thank you, Paul. I'm your host, Paul Estes. Thank you for listening to this special edition of the podcast, TopTal's Rise of Remote. To hear more insights from TopTal executives on what it takes to lead the world's largest distributed company, head to toptal.com slash insights to check out the playbook as well as other articles that will help provide guidance during this time of unprecedented change.